So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that is to broadcasting as Vettel is to Verstappen. Right up the gearbox. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the rich energy of F1 podcasts. See, I wrote that, and now the more I think about it, I think we're actually less dysfunctional than rich energy. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that says fuck you to the railway, West Hampstead, for advertising that they are showing the British Grand Prix, and they're not showing it, and then we missed the start, you twats. I checked their Facebook page their and Facebook. their match point thing, and Me they all said they posted the day before saying, "Whoa, British Grand Prix tomorrow!" For and social they didn't anxiety, show it. Did or show the bloody cricket. Ring them though. No, because nobody uses phones anymore. For social anxiety reasons, me and Chica cannot ring them. But you, <laughs> with a job as a journalist, you're on the phone all the day with nobody your cu- with your used car. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. Who would like to apologise for that last intro, which was not written by the core FF1S team, but a treacherous co-presenter for F1's Sake has now been transferred into another company. And I'm still in control of that company because I own all the Formula One related companies. I'm T. Grez, and today from Picturehouse Central in Piccadilly Circus, we are going to talk about the British Grand Prix, which happened today. So expect this to be the least prepared, most reactionary, boozed up edition ever. That is all to come. Joining me as a motoring journalist who has been mixing it with the top racing drivers, it is Phil Tromans. Hello. I went to the Goodwood Festival of Speed. Oh, lovely. It was really good fun. I saw numerous, maybe not A-list racing drivers but what, certainly what list? But A-list would be a current Formula 1 driver any of those? no somewhere there but I didn't see him. B-list would be recent Formula 1 recent yes. Formula 1 driver yes. but not a good one like well, uh, Bourdais no no or, more recent than that um, didn't you send us a picture? I did send you a picture of one of them <laughs> didn't didn't open the message It was. <laughs> I saw Esteban Ocon he walked right in front of me he was wearing Next to full some hay bales. Stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's all hay bales at Goodwood. That's what oh, it's all hay bales. It's, yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, you know, <laughs> it's retro. That's their safety system. So I saw him. I saw Jackie Stewart. Mm-hmm. Paul Stewart. Did the, you have the a nice other time? Stewart. Dave Stewart of the original. That's right. Yeah, he was there as well. Jackie's <laughs> other son. Um, uh, Patrick Stewart. I saw Sam Jimmy Bird. Stewart. <laughs> Sam Bird, who I think was a reserve driver for someone for a bit. Sam Good. Bird, yeah. And I got driven up the hill up the Goodwood Hill in a Bentley by Guy Smith who tested for Williams in the mid-90s wow. and then what went on to claim. win uh, Le Mans Is that all Bentley. he talks about? Was he no. in the car going? Well, it's all I, I tested about. for Williams in the 1990s No, I mean I, t- I talked to him about it because we had, we had we had to wait an hour to go up the hill at the bottom just in kind of like, so we were just sitting there in this very nice car just talking about racing it was really good How fun How long did it take to go up the hill? A minute 
You had to wait an hour for yeah. that. Was it Ooh. worth it? It was good. And I got an hour to chat with a Le Mans winning driver, which was quite fun. Yeah. Which I wouldn't have done otherwise. And he was like, well, you're in the car with me. You have nowhere to go. You have to answer my questions. And he did. He was a nice chap. Hmm. So why were you in the car? They said, do you want to go up the hill? I was like, yeah. Sounds yeah, but like not fun. just randomly. Like someone didn't just come to you in Tesco's and go, do no, you want no, to go up the ben, hill? Bentley asked me. Mr. Bentley. That's right. W.O. Uh, Bentley himself. Good. Despite, he's not going to let a little thing like dying many years ago <laughs> stop him from calling Auto Traders number two motoring journalist. <laughs> only number two? There's only two of us. Okay. <laughs> and alongside him is a man whose cat scratched his iPad. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. So, I brought the iPad, which I think I may have spoken about last week, but, you know, it's an iPad Pro. It's not cheap. And How not cheap? What's an iPad now? Like 300 quid? iPad Pro, Phil. Pro. 350 quid? Anyway, let's say, <laughs> let's say, you know, average it out at about a grand. And <laughs> <laughs> including the pencil, that's 100 quid. And the case that Apple sell is like stupid expensive. You know, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> so I bought a case off Amazon and it was shit. It was just like, it made the iPad look cheap. And it isn't, as I've just mentioned. <laughs> so... After many uh, days on the internet, I found a nice-looking case from AliExpress in China. Yes. But it was going to take a couple of weeks to get there. So I've been very careful to not put the iPad screen down because I don't want it to be like, you know, a bit grit on the table and get a scratch. Anyway, on the sofa, my two cats have a massive fight. They run over the sofa, and one of them runs over the iPad, and I'm there. So I I look at it, and it's all... It's got grease and everything all over it, so I start to clean the screen, and I'm just there going, "Phew, got away with that." And in sod's, sod's little, the very bottom corner, where the last bit I cleaned, big kind of curly scratch on it. So, great. Let me show you. Is this so. is this from the cat that you're probably going to yeah. have to give away if Leclerc wins the championship or something? Oh yeah, I can see it. It's quite a bad scratch. Sorry. Sorry, say again, Phil. Is this the same cat that you're probably going to have to give away if uh, Leclerc wins the championship? Because you dead. were discussing before. <laughs> <laughs> Chica, what have you been up to? I went to Wimbledon. The town? I went to the town in order to go to the place where they play tennis. Oh, they tennis. My new favourite sport. Okay. They were showing a lot of that in the pubs we went into yeah, today before we Notice found one that was showing the actually, F1. Well, Notice, because in the sports bar we went to, they were showing three sports, the cricket, no idea how that works, tennis... Which I, you know, I didn't actually have my eyes on the Formula One at all. Now that tennis is my mm. my sport of choice, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't just go to Wimbledon. I did just go to Wimbledon, but tickets for court number one. Is that the so is not that the centre court? Not court. Okay. The second court. Yeah. yeah okay. No, it's number not court one. Number two. It's not court number yeah. two. It's court but it's the one. second court. Yeah. It's not yeah. where the Royals go, but it's the next one. So Meghan Markle was in. Centre court. She yeah. wasn't, yeah. She so, was, which were celebrities in. were you hobnobbing no, with? No, there were no. Well, there might have been celebrities, but I didn't see them. Anyway, yeah. I saw Djokovic play. Hey, they put Djokovic on court number one. Court number one is really good. It's not centre court, though, is it? It's not centre no, court. Have they got a roof court. on court number one? Yes. No. Oh, they they do. They? Do they? Okay. Yes. Oh, well, maybe it's not that bad, then. <laughs> I think I'd like to go to like court 18 and see a 12 year old play. <laughs> That's a little bit weird. <laughs> that, that did not come out well. Right, let's miss the breaking point for Listener's Corner and smash into your opinions. The FF1S Facebook crew have been quick to spout their thoughts and here they are starting with Ben Otswold, who says, Why was it not a virtual safety car? The Alfa Romeo seemed to be far enough off the track and safe to recover under virtual safety car. Maybe someone in a race control wanted Lewis to win. Well, maybe. So this was Giovanna. This was the basically turned out to be the, the race deciding incident, probably. Yeah. The thing is, in the Giovanazzi went off, got mm-hmm. stuck, virtual safety car, Hamilton Pitts, Bosch. A real safety car. Sorry, real safety car. Hamilton pits, gets out, saves a load of time, comes out ahead of Bottas, wins the race. Real safety car because virtual safety cars are shit. Oh, I think in terms of entertainment, that's why they decided. You need to, to use bunch the up the pa- a virtual safety car is for like there's a marshal needs to go and get a wing. If you're going to be a few laps around, you want those cars bunched up to get yeah. a restart. Yeah, 
I agree. I think virtual safety car should be just that, a virtual safety car. Because you know that we, we were watching the race all together uh, mm-hmm. this week, which we don't normally do. Literally you could see snuggled together because there was only one screen <laughs> and we had to sit on a bench, the three of us. Yeah, it was it was intimate. But the there's a load of advertising now that's quite subtle, quite subtle CGI advertising around the track. And if they can do that, I think they could do a virtual safety car where Burnt Mylander can just stay car. can just stay in hospitality and sup champagne. And they have like a car that isn't exactly on track, but you can see on the screen, but all the drivers have to bunch up as if it were there. So because be the way they do it, virtual safety car at the moment, good? they all just stay in the same position. Why, so it's not the same thing. Why would that be any better than a normal car? It's technology. So it's petrol. Yeah. Good point. It's very important to be environmentally friendly. <laughs> what? That's why they all drive hybrids. <laughs> Fair enough. It's true. I don't know why it was a real safety car and not a virtual safety car, uh, other than... I think actually virtual thoughts. safety cars are for a thing that's going to be cleaned up within a lap or two. Seconds. Yeah. Because it just does like, take a while, doesn't it? By the time he's come out, they've caught him up, then they let all the lap cars unlap themselves or whatever it is they do. Yeah. and It's a good three or four laps at least. Picking a car up off the gravel and shifting it off with the JCB. Yeah, real safety car. I'm fine with that. Do you think they do that everywhere else? Yeah. Do you th- well? Yeah. This is the question, I suppose, from Ben. Is this? Is there, was this? It was this. Was this a, a carefully planned thing to help Hamilton win? What did Giovinazzi crash on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, less Giovinazzi, but more, although it was a weird crash, a bit of but race more, fixing. more did they think? Oh, safety car that will help Hamilton out because well, everyone they, else had pitted and he hadn't. You know those bollards that pop up to stop for just buses and went, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what they had under Giovinazzi's car. <laughs> they just went. It's the Hamilton bollard. <laughs> He went off, and they went. Oh, safety car! We're done. So yeah, so we're we're saying yes, it was definitely a conspiracy, and also no, it was the best thing to do. Okay, okay. Glad that's cleared up. Sam Miguel Woolbank said Vettel has forgotten where the brake pedal was for a split second. Time to wheel him off to a retirement home and join RTL TV team with Nico. Hang on, is Nico? whoever Nico is is he doing RTL as well as Sky because he's on Sky now isn't yeah, he yeah but he's a savvy operator he must be raking it in he's double shifted wow but Colin Wilkes said Max did jig left then right same as he did to Ricardo in Azerbaijan Vettel went for it well a bit I mean there wasn't you... much movement from Verstappen definitely a bit but I'm not sure how much difference it made it looked to me like Vettel was texting you know when you, you know when you got your hand, you know you you're driving and. No, I mean, you, you, do, you don't do drive. Do no, I don't do it because it's massively illegal. Obviously, it's illegal, but you know, well, so there's a lot of no, things. I drive for my job, so it's the same reason I don't speed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't drive. Excuse your halo there. No, I no, I was going to say because I was crossing my road the other day and I was in a bad <laughs> mood and I had headphones on. And I walked out nearly in front of a car, which was my fault. And as the car went by, I noticed that he wasn't looking because he was texting. So it was just like, that could have been my death. That does fuck me off when people do that. Yeah. I don't, in fairness, as, as your lawyer, I don't think Vettel is actually uh, texting. He's not. There's only one recent know? episode of a driver having a mobile in the car, which was Santino Ferrucci and whatever the hell yeah, he was they've got driving. a mobile on their screens now. That's true. It's like what an Android. Candy, it's probably so Android powered, isn't it? Yeah, what if Maybe a Candy Crush notification came up? <laughs> is that still a thing? It is to the thing if you're on the tube because people play it a lot. They must be raking it in as well. They're raking it in, but you know, Vettel's just there going, this race is a bit boring. Oh, all oh, levels 67's been opened. It was yet another fuck up by Vettel in a season mm. of fuck ups by Vettel. It's quite astonishing, isn't it? Because, like, when they were both there racing against each other, there's just this feeling that Vettel's going to fuck it up. Summit's yeah. going to happen. Definitely. I didn't expect him to fuck it up quite like that, I have to say. Yeah. I thought he'd just bin it. I didn't think he'd bin it into Verstappen. Oh, I think he knew he was going to fuck it up. And he was like, oh, sorry, it's going to happen. <laughs> I might as well just get it out of the way. Was yeah. there actually a thing in Red Bull with when they crashed with Weber and Vettel like, in yeah. the same way, wasn't there? There was the Yes, the it was in... One. I can't remember what it was. Was it Hungary? Yeah, no, but, I can't remember what it was. But yeah, a few years ago. Yeah. Almost exactly the same thing. 
but at least uh, Fettel didn't do his, you know, he Ooh, he's crazy it. kind of thing. And in fairness, he almost immediately, apart from on the radio where he went, what's he doing? Then he admitted entirely that it was his fault and he went over to Verstappen at the end of the race and apologised. Which is the worst thing to do to Verstappen because that makes him stronger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's because he's been such a dick after every single race. Oh, I know. Well, Verstappen or Vettel? Vettel. Okay. No, Verstappen. Verstappen's a real dick after every race. You don't yeah, want... but Vettel's been really, he's been really immature. I think oh. basically he's been told to grow up. Which ironic. I mean, I don't think there's any way that Vettel could spin that one. There's no, there's no way that that wasn't his fault. True. Mm. You know. So Craig Howard said, "How quickly do you think Bignotto will be on the phone to Alonso after this race?" Twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Phil McWilliams said, "A few races ago, we were told Formula One was broken, and then they gave us Austria, and this was an absolute belter. Must be time for the FIA to shake things up and completely fuck it up." Yeah, I would have thought so. It's quite simple. Good track. Yeah. Good race. Yeah. End of. Well, not entirely end of, but... Entirely end of. Okay. Well... Well, what's your argument then? My argument is that the cars need to be decent as well. And I think they were almost quite lucky in that the DRS at Britain was just about enough to make the racing interesting but without making it just like well he's behind him with DRS obviously he's going to get passed on a serious point I don't understand why they don't adjust the DRS throughout the weekend because they kind of set it before Friday practice and that's it for the week so if if they've done it wrong and they've made it too big or they've made it too small I mean I'm almost positive that the teams would find a way within like two races to game the system and goes oh Uh, no it's clearly not enough and then the race comes and they're like "Ah, I think they should be able to do it lap by lap move the line I just have a marshal there with like a torch and that's the DRS line and they go right Frank <laughs> come this way it's 10 feet for the next lap where's he, where's he Frank from? no Frank's from uh, Middlesex but it's not <laughs> it's someone talking to Frank who's got a funny accent <laughs> so another news anyone who enjoyed the Silverstone Grand Prix will be pleased to hear that a new five year deal has been signed to keep the British Grand Prix there until 2024 but what does that mean for an oft-touted London Grand Prix Talks are continuing around a possible second Grand Prix in the UK and Christian Horner has got involved, saying any track layout needs to be in the centre of London rather than out in the sticks. Mr Ginger Spice said, You would need to see Nelson's column and go past Buckingham Palace pretty much. A London Grand Prix only works if it's proper London. If it's in Dagenham, it doesn't quite count. So two things. One, Silverstone's going to be around a while. Mm -hmm. I mean, after this weekend, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, but it's also annoying because they've really arsed around with this. Great. I mean, it's F1. There's always going to be yeah. arsing around. Well, because they left it until a few days before. Well, the, the deal's been signed for months, and they said we're going to wait until the weekend. Oh, has it? Yeah, because... I missed that. Esteemed journalist Joe Saywood did a thing a few months ago saying he's heard that the Silverstone, Grand Prix, Silverstone have signed a deal. Then, Silverstone's Twitter account said this isn't true and even said to him fake news which he got really pissed off about because he's a decent journalist he's got some reputable sources that are saying it's signed but they're refusing to say it's signed they're trying to make him look bad but actually all they were doing was going we don't want to announce it till the Grand Prix which is just daft just announce Mm. it stupid fuckers but that aside happy it's still around no yeah yeah no it's fine yeah I'm not sure where else they'd be apart from maybe London London so, Grand Prix sounds good but I think we should make it more interesting than yeah but would it be a good track or would it be well, just like Monaco well yeah, it depends it's probably Monaco I think we could all put in a pitch for the London Grand Prix I'd like to, to go around all of the flats I'd lived in <laughs> well I was going to so, say because you guys are both you guys are both Londoners pretty much or you've lived here for a decent amount of time you pretty much well you're not originally from London no, but you've lived here for a decent amount of time so you How know London you lived here for Chico? eight years right so you, you both know London really well. Do, 18 years. Do you think Horner's, um, Horner's point of it needs to be Buckingham Palace and Nelson's Column? No, I never go to Buckingham Palace or Nelson's Column. <laughs> Did you mispronounce those? <laughs> 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 no, really not. <laughs> London, I, 18 I, years. I've never been to Buckingham's Palace. <laughs> <laughs> or Nelson's Column. Sorry, can you keep this in, please, Matt? <laughs> if you've only been here 15 years, it's like... After 15 years, you get a telegram from the Queen and says, this is what we actually call these things. <laughs> no, it should be what real Londoners see. So it should just be the opening stretch 
the pitch straight should just be 28 prets. <laughs> Sports bars. Sports bars. Bunch of grumpy people at a bus stop. And um, a stabbing. Because <laughs> the way Horner says it, he wants it to be tourists to London, which would be Buckingham Palace, Nelson's Column, Oxford Street, Hyde Park. Eminem World. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The five guys at Piccadilly. <laughs> the uh, Piccadilly Picture House, where we um, are at the moment. Um, yeah. Churchill's War Rooms. I don't. They go under. I, they go underground into the, <laughs> into the tube network. That'd be quite oh, good, actually. What's that tunnel under the Thames? The foot. The foot tunnel. The Greenwich Foot Tunnel. Yeah, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be quite a long track. Oh, the Tunnel. Yeah. Yeah, That'd they could good. sit there yeah. for a few hours. Here's a good fact. The Blackwall Tunnel bends, it's not a straight line, not because of like technology, but because it was originally designed for horses, and horses will bolt if they see the light at the end of the tunnel. That so is a good it, fact. They curve it so they can't see the end of the tunnel. I think that deserves yeah, the fact sound effect, the, doesn't it? They are going to see the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel, when they go around the curve. Yeah, well, well yeah, they're near the end of the tunnel, so it's fine. So they can they don't see it a mile down. <laughs> So they're only going to bolt for half a mile. So should F1 bring back refuelling? No. Next. (laughs) Silly season is fast approaching. (laughs) (laughs) But there won't be any rumours about McLaren's drivers because both Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz have signed new contracts. But who else is likely to shift around? Well, up until today, Gasly looked set to be fired. Did Uh, alright today, though. Today did alright. Obviously, it's one race. A swallow does not make a summer. What? A swift does not make a summer. (laughs) A summer is not depicted by one bird. It needs several birds in a migratory pattern. But do you think you're on a different podcast? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But Gasly is the key, I think, to this year's city season. Because if he keeps up the Silverstone pace, I think he'll be safe for next year. If he carries on being rubbish, uh, he's got to go. Yeah, well, that does suddenly leave a space at a big team, and who would go into it? No Toro Rosso or Red Bull junior drivers are ready. So well, Kvyat is obviously, obviously no, a, they're not a possibly have an option. Back. They but you, never. You've, you've heard some rumours that you were talking about earlier. Hulkenberg is rumoured to make the switch to, Red, to Bull. Red Bull. That'd be a solid, if not spectacular, choice. Although, although I suppose as, acting as backup to Verstappen... But yeah, the right. thing is, Hulkenberg has gone from being like the nearly man who never got a good drive to being quite roundly beaten by Ricardo this year. But he's solid. Like he, he's be- he, solid. Yeah, you expect him to be beaten, but probably not. But probably Ricardo. not by much. And yeah, you expect him to be beaten by Verstappen, but he would then bring in the, the you know the maximum amount of other points behind him. True. Which Gasly's not been doing. Also true. The other big rumor is obviously Alon- <coughs> Alonso is on the hunt. Well, but. I can't imagine Honda engine. I can't imagine Honda saying yes, but if they're desperate, I mean, he's a, he's a dick, but he's a good know, driver. Would you have ever said that he'd go back to McLaren? No fucking way. No, would that's you true. Say he'd go back to Honda. No fucking way. Well, so by past experience, quite likely. Hmm. Well, I'm sure the silly season will uh, continue to get more silly. Well, even more so because there's rumours of Vettel quitting the sport. Yes. Which, if he quits, there's a big hole in Ferrari, and who's rumoured to go back into that seat? Alonso <laughs> so the fact that McLaren have said definitely no Alonso this year has just heightened the rumours that Alonso is going somewhere else can you else. see Vettel quitting just going ah, I've got a couple of world champions I've got judging, four world championships look judging on Vettel's performance he'll probably sign next year's contract and fuck it up and go oh shit I just quit I didn't, I didn't mean to I don't think I'd be terribly surprised if he quit because no. you know he's got four world championships he's got he's just got married he's got a couple of kids apparently the, the rumour if, if I've understood it is that he's been pressured to spend more time with his family which is you know probably pretty reasonable I mean what what else has he got yeah, but to the, prove what, what the rumour doesn't say is he's pressured by Ferrari okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, can you just <laughs> and some rather sad news about former F1 driver Martin Donnelly who our older listeners will probably remember mainly for his horrific accident during practice for the 1990 Spanish Grand Prix where he was thrown from his Lotus and suffered career-ending injuries. Martin was doing a charity moped ride around Ireland for the Teenage Cancer Trust this month where he fell from his bike and was hit by another breaking his already damaged leg and could now lose it. A fundraising setup has been established for him at gofundme.com forward slash f forward slash martin donnelly so please help an f1 stalwart out if you can 
I don't know if it's just because we're of a certain age, but I was really gutted to hear about this because I remember Martin Donnelly. I remember that. I remember him racing, and I remember that horrible accident in Jerez in 1990. Well, it's the picture. Well, it was a photo of like the aftermath. Yeah, yeah. Was quite he was shocking. basically just still in his seat, but like just lying in the middle of the track. His yeah. car had completely disintegrated, and it was a horrible thing. And he's, he seems like a very nice chap, and he was obviously doing this this very worthy cause. But um, apparently, like he, he, you know, he he wasn't one of the F1 drivers that made a shit ton of money out of the sport. You know, he's not he's not really got a pot to piss in. Now he can't work. Um, so I feel really sorry for him. So I hope uh, I hope this. It, it seems like this this GoFundMe thing is going rather well for him. So I hope that continues. Good, agreed. And finally, in the news, it is over to Phil Tromans for the rich energy update. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> I mean, just when you think the rich energy story uh, has sort of has run its course, because we were saying last week not much had happened for a, for a while, and their, their Twitter feed had been a bit boring. And we were like, well, what's the point anymore? But boy, have they come back with a plomb. The latest dramas basically started on July 10th when the Rich Energy Twitter feed announced that they had terminated their contract with Haas F1 for poor performance when they said that being behind Williams in Austria was unacceptable. And they also said the politics and PC attitude in F1, because F1's well known for its uh, Mm. being PC, is also inhibiting our business. We wish the team well, they said. And everyone went, oh... Well, I got very confused by this tweet when I first read it because I thought it was Haas firing them at first. And then I thought, oh no, it's him firing Haas. must be because he's just found out that Haas are about to fire him. Well, sort of, you can't fire me, I quit kind of thing. And then it just gets weirder. So after that, the following day, or possibly even the same day, there was then news that apparently the minority stakeholders in Rich Energy, apparently there are some, it's not just Big Rich Energy himself, had been trying to wrest control of the company and salvage the deal with Haas. To which William Storey, to give him his fake name, said, This ludicrous statement by minority shareholders cosy with Red Bull and white bikes is risable. Their attempted palace coup has failed. I control all of the assets of Rich Energy and have the support of all key stakeholders. Um, and then he leaked a letter that he, that had been sent by Rich Energy's solicitors to one of the minority stakeholders saying, yeah, Mr. Story's the boss. So, so when he says he's got full control, does that mean he currently has the can of Rich Energy <laughs> <laughs> that exists? <laughs> it's like the conch from uh, Lord of the Flies. Whoever holds the can <laughs> has control of the company. I mean, who the fuck knows? That can is the company. <laughs> but two days later... Uh, another tweet saying that uh, followed a, following a board meeting chaired by CEO William Storey and in light of the treacherous conduct of minority stakeholders, the exclusive rights to distribute rich energy have been transferred to another company. Mr Storey retains complete ownership. So, you know, that's that's powerful stuff, the distribution rights to rich energy. Yeah, he's got, he's got the can and a jiffy bag. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the transit. So, so that happened. And then it went a bit quiet for a couple of days. But then during the race, just a few hours ago, obviously the Haases did not have the uh, best start to the race, you know, when they crashed into each other and both retired. Um, And then the Rich Energy Boys puts out a tweet saying, great start, boys, and then a Photoshop picture of a milk float in Haas livery with the Rich Energy logo and a Photoshop of William Storey driving it. I mean, I don't know what they're trying to say. It just says, great start, boys. Like, they're taking the piss out of the team that apparently they still want to do. So is this... They blamed a rogue element for this first tweet. And presumably since then, they'd got control of the Twitter feed back. But then they put this thing out again, which appears to be dissing both Haas and their own boss. So has the rogue element still got control of the Twitter feed? I don't know what's going on. It's a clusterfuck is what's going on. But then, oh, literally God. a couple of minutes ago, which I've not even read yet, I've just, I was just clicking, on live. The, clicking on the feed to, to see what was going on. There's a new one. Uh, it says, just to disavow people of lies from Haas F1 team, please see below. Rich Energy terminated the agreement, as we said. The team have accepted, contrary to their public denial. They were complicit in trying to oust CEO William Storey, who even gave them a £35 million personal guarantee. Jesus Christ, what the hell is going on? How did they ever get to the point? This guy can't run a bath. How did he manage to get to the point where he's apparently sponsored an F1 team? Especially when they were going to sponsor Williams and Williams at the last minute went, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then Haas went, 
we're free and you now got to think that Williams are there going do you know what we've had a shit year but this could have been so much shit <laughs> I, I, I genuinely can't remember I mean there's been some dodgy characters in F1 but can you remember at least in recent memory a dodgier outfit than this I mean there's been a few where they've you know they've had a shitty car and a phantom engines and run two races and then never been seen again but this is so dodgy it's more the the there's a storybook isn't there of like he's being so loud at the start you know this is going to be a car crash but you had no idea this was going to be a full motorway pile <laughs> it's just it's just it's like those things you see in the you know like dash cam or mobile footage of when there's loads of fog in america or ice or something and there's like a crash and people get out and go oh there's been a crash and then they just keep smashing in and then this guy comes along and then jumps over the car and says insurance claim <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even have a conclusion from this. I, I, I there's probably by the time this comes out, there's probably going to have been something else happened. My favourite fact of the whole thing at the minute was I think it was in the white bike court case. They'd stated how they have a circulation or a, sh- a shipment capability that they have nine hundred thousand cans or whatever. And when pressed on it, what they meant was they've got nine hundred thousand empty cans, <laughs> which they haven't printed or filled yet. So they've basically gone to a cash and carry. And bought some empty cans. That's well, the company. I mean, this is another thing we haven't even talked about. Obviously, the, the, the deadline for them turning over their assets to white bikes, is apparent, I think, has passed. And I've no idea what's happened. Maybe we'll find out by the next episode and report back on that. But there's so many angles of ludicrousy to this story. Brilliant. Which is why we love it. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at for F1 sake. Find us on Facebook where we're for F1 sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. And thanks to our wonderful beer buyers who support our show at ff1s.com forward slash pint pint pint. And today's new patrons keeping us interesting through booze are Henry Fawn. Oh, I like you, Henry. Could be Henri. Spencer Ward. Oh, Thank you, Spencer. Spencer. Ewan Wilson. Thank you, Ewan. Dan Wade. I'm a big fan of everyone that uses too many letters at the end of their name. As a, as a fill with a double L, I salute you, Dan. And David Damnicker. Cheers, Dave. And Colin Ross. Colin, thank you. Thank and you for the beer. Also, Ross, thanks. Your continued support keeps us drunk. You can donate now at ff1s.com forward slash pint pint pint. time for the teams so mercedes this was a stereotypical bot ass weekend things looked good after qualifying not comfortable but good then his dreams were crushed by a safety car hamilton pleased the nation by coming a comfortable first for the sixth time his family in particular his racing driver but also brother will be proud so was this mainly down to uh, an excellently timed pit during the safety car Yes. Yes? Yes. Hmm. It was weird that he wasn't getting past Bottas. You'd think, actually, it would be easy, and it yeah. just weirdly wasn't. Because he was right up with him pretty much straight away, mm. as I understand, but we missed the start. And there were lots um, of opportunities to overtake. Yeah, he was within a second, had DRS, but didn't get it done. I don't know whether he couldn't, or he was just like, I'm going to sit here and see what happens. Because it's also like, cause, because we saw like, all the battles between like Vettel and Leclerc and Verstappen... You know, there was none of that. It didn't seem to be going for it. He just seemed to be like sat there. Sat, yeah, just sat, sat there, there and waiting. bided his time. And then uh, Bottas oh. came in, did his pit, and then Hamilton just stayed out. And then uh, almost as if they knew, yes. Giovinazzi <laughs> spanned it into the ground. Yes, who's expendable? I know, Giovinazzi. Yeah, I mean it was a bit of good luck, but to be honest, he was looking pretty. Right. I, I I wouldn't have been surprised even if that hadn't happened that he'd eventually either skipped him in the pits anyway because just slammed it a few really good laps or just frankly overtaken him I don't know if this is just because our inherent xenophobia against the finish <laughs> but yet again <laughs> it was not a word. don't try and deny it Chica come on <laughs> yet again it's one of those races what I mean is if we were finished you'd watch the race through a different lens of supporting Bottas Yes. And or Raikkonen. Or Raikkonen. But what happens with these kind of races is you just forget that Bottas exists. <laughs> like, he's in the lead of the race for the first part, then he isn't. And then at the end of the race, you're like, oh, he's second. Hmm. 
Uh, well, it's the natural order of things, isn't it? This but, was the most exciting, obvious outcome of the season, I think. But when there's all this kind of argy-bargy for everyone else, and all the way Bottas is just second, and we don't see him, we don't know it's he's there. Most, most of the way, most always, the way he was first. He's yeah. always just second, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, it didn't help that because there wasn't much going on between them, all the action was being focused on elsewhere, but... Yep. But still, weird. But good from Hamilton, again. Really good race. Didn't Solid. I mean, he got, he got the rub of the green, but you got to be there to get the rub mm. of, the, the, of green. the green. Yeah. Ferrari! So Leclerc gets all of my entertainment points. Uh, these are a new thing, uh, and you will be all handing them out by Hungary. He hassled Verstappen for almost the entire race, which was great viewing in the sports bar. He gave ghastly grief and came home in third. Vettel, what? He rammed into the back of Verstappen, as we said, and he got a 10-second penalty. So, Terry... I think it's time to remind you of our bet from last week. I have no recollection of this. So let me remind you, Terry. Uh-huh. I bet £30 to the Dogs Trust yep. last week that Leclerc would be in the top six. And he was. Yeah. So you owe Dogs <laughs> Trust 30 quid. I'm not sure that's how bets work, is it? So the Dogs Trust owe you 30 quid. <laughs> dogs Trust owe me 30 quid? I think, uh, no, I think no, it's no, quite no. clear, guys. Both of you get £30 worth of dogs. Oh, good. Two tails and a paw. <laughs> you watched that iPad. So, Vettel's accident was stupid. It was. It was entirely his fault. Leclerc kind of weirdly got the better of Verstappen in the fact that Verstappen still ultimately beat him, but he didn't make it easy. Well, there was a glorious bit where he basically reenacted. It was like a reversal of, uh, of Spielberg where uh, Leclerc pushed, pushed uh, Verstappen off the track and everyone was fine with it. Annoyingly, Verstappen then went around the edge and took yeah, it back, you know, you kind of everything. I suppose it. it's like going, "I'm going to get you back yeah. by you still beating me." Yeah, oh. but I, th- I think this is the beginning of a beautiful uh, hatred. There will be a film of this. I was hoping they'd really come together, but then Vettel did it instead, so it's fine. But I think if this carries on, we've got an entertaining season ahead. I think so. I hope I'm, so. I'm, I'm all in favour of this this rivalry, but. I'm also scared that we're just going to have another really boring race come up and then we'll all say the sport is ruined. <laughs> I'm hoping that in America they'll make them come out and sort of f- square off against each other like they did with Hamilton and Vettel a couple of seasons ago. You know how much I love fisticuffs. How much you love what? Fisting. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Red Bull. <laughs> Firstly, this is proof that Red Bull took Gasly aside and said, we are going to sack you if you don't stop your shit driving and as a result he has stopped his shit driving and actually he was quite impressive coming home in sixth i say impressive that wasn't that impressive but it was all right it was all right compared to what he was watching with you terry you reckon that he'd been told to hold off leclerc when he was behind him do you still stand by that totally because there's a lot of argy-bargy then verstappen got past uh gasly or was let past gasly or told gasly was told to let him pass and then Gasly just kind of backed into Leclerc and the kind of race was a bit He diffused. did go backwards very quickly, didn't he? I thought within, within two laps but I'm there still was a two-second gap between Gasly and Verstappen. So Verstappen wouldn't have wanted to be overtaken by Leclerc, but Leclerc had a few good goes at it. Gasly's told to back him up, and yet Leclerc can't overtake him. I don't really understand. Why couldn't he just overtake him? Gasly's slower than Verstappen. Why couldn't he just get... Well, the, I presume it's part of the, the terminal problem with Formula 1 that, especially if cars are very closely matched, it's really bloody hard to overtake. But he had a chance of getting past Verstappen, but he didn't with Gasly. I don't understand. Leclerc just didn't have a, just, he didn't have the fight against Gasly, but he did have the fight against Verstappen. And we know that Verstappen is quicker well, than Gasly, so why couldn't he just overtake Well, Gasly? we thought Verstappen was quicker than Gasly. Maybe oh. it turns out that Gasly has been the quicker driver all along or maybe it's something to do with the fact that Gasly is apparently now using Verstappen's setups because uh, oh that's <laughs> embarrassing isn't because, it? because he's you mean he's just been turning it on wrong all, all year he's clearly just been sort of getting into the car and just sort of fucking about with the settings and ballsing everything up and making it undrivable oh. so they just said look use Verstappen's setups and now he's reasonable that's embarrassing which yeah that, that's apparently true that's not even for comedy effects that is oh, apparently what has happened that's gonna hurt yeah that's gonna be that thing you know when you're really angry with someone and you're having a fight and then you you stop being angry and you start to kind of be happy about something 
but you feel bad that you're feeling happy because you're still supposed to be angry. That feeling? No, no I'm always no. just angry. Okay, great. I'm just always angry. Fine. <laughs> So Verstappen, uh, as usual, good driving. However, I was put off by the man in the Red Bull strip on the table next to us in the sports bar. Jesus who was cheering Christ. for him. And because of this, I became a diehard Leclerc fan. What did you have against him? Just the fact that he was wearing a Red Bull shirt? Because yes. he turned up to a sports bar in a full-on Red Bull kit. I've got a Red Bull shirt. I've got a Red Bull hat as well. You didn't wear it to a sports bar, know. did you? No, it's like wearing a. It's like going to a gig and wearing a t-shirt of the band you're going to see. You don't. You don't but do yeah, it. Yeah, but it was more than like just. If you'd have turned up and you were wearing like a MotoGP no, thing, everyone no, would no, like, it's, it's not like that. Like People say that, but it's not like that because you can wear the t-shirt of the band you want to see because that's being a fan Only it would be like wearing the t-shirt that the roadies fucking wear because they work for the band yes. and the thing yes. is that, that was the, it it wasn't just a red bull t-shirt it was like it was like a full shirt it was a shirt team outfit with all the sponsors on yeah which, I've, got, I've got one of those look I know that, yeah, but look, you didn't wear it you shouldn't wear it. It's I know this is dangerous territory Chica because a lot of people listening to the podcast will probably be the kind of people <laughs> who buy official team wear and wear and it as sports bars but I think two thirds of this podcast will happily say that is ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> well when's, when's the time to is, is there a time look, well, okay let's go through this is there a time to wear team Sainsbury's. wear I love Sainsbury's I'm going to buy a Sainsbury's uniform <laughs> no right? you don't support are you going to the cinema tonight have you got your own uniform on no <laughs> you don't support Sainsbury's you don't, you, don't, you don't go to the you don't look at the sort of you know the I don't know the supermarket shares and go oh I hope Sainsbury's is doing well against Wade Rose. but that's the same fucking thing Red Bull I is mean, just I'm a I'm not brand. sure supermarkets are a sport <laughs> But it's still, it's, you're wearing the uniform of the workers who, incidentally, as soon as they don't have to wear that uniform, don't wear it. You know, they're not there in the pubs going, look at me in my Red Bull jumper. They, they go. I'm, I'm 95% sure that that's exactly what they do. No, they don't. I don't. I won't have if it. You okay. Red Bull, if, if you, you work for Red Bull, if you go to Red Bull and you, you were in the sports bar, and it was just the fact that when Vettel crashes of us happened, Red Bull guy got like really angry, which to me, Chica, was very entertaining. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it was just like, oh. Well, what about if you go to the race? Do you think it's acceptable to wear no. team wear at a no, race? Not. It's not absolutely acceptable. Not. You can wear a Mercedes T-shirt or a Red Bull T-shirt that is basically, you know, a T-shirt with a Red Bull, mm. you know, drawing on or a logo. But, but you, you don't wear labourers outfits. What, yeah. what, what about <laughs> <Labourers>. sort of? <laughs> 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 all right, don't get classist. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's like wearing a mining. It's all very, I mean, we're literally sitting in some sort of turret. Anyway, that was Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> Renault. Uh, not bad from Ricardo. And when I say not bad, I mean not great. His main rival was Sainz in the battle for sixth place, which he lost. Hulkenberg got a point, uh, but he'd been hit by Perez earlier in the race. Bummer. What do you reckon Renault thought of the weekend? Cracking out the potpourri again? Well, it's weird, isn't it? Because they actually did all right compared to a few races. Like There's been a few races where they're like down in 13th or something. But they are behind McLaren. It feels like, at least this week, McLaren are the best of the rest. Yeah. Renault, and it felt like that last week as well. Yeah, Renault were right behind them. And then the other teams are all kind of somewhere in the murk until we get to Williams. But <laughs> Renault are very much behind McLaren. And that's kind of embarrassing for their pre-season Predictions and with the resources they've got, they really should be they should be ahead yeah. of McLaren. I mean, bearing in mind how shite McLaren have been for the last few years, yeah, but McLaren Renault have really not good. seized on like, it. Yeah, they are now, yeah, relatively. In, in which case, you know, we're putting Renault down. But they're a customer team of Renault, so they've got the same engine. As basically, it's it's the team that's not doing a good enough job. And Renault have you know they're one of the world's biggest car makers. They've got a ton of resources behind them. They so, should be doing better and a couple and of decent drivers. Bearing in mind the last few years, Renault have been the main team, and their customers have been Red Bull, who've been trancing them so the idea that they've now got a different customer team who are still trancing them, them not to the same extent but still definitely a trouncing yeah it's embarrassing and you know Renault well, are trying to justify the big expense of building up the team you know it costs a lot of money very expensive driver mm. very expensive driver and they're just but I do like the uh, word a trouncing yeah it's a good word here we go a trouncing maybe that's what they sing before That'll every be race Christmas weekend special yeah McLaren then Norris's strategy got a bit screwed up, but Sainz did well. Is the McLaren firmly best of the rest then? Well, as we say, yeah. It seems to be. Right now. Because Alfa Romeo were up there a couple of times. Racing Point have not been up there. 
Um, Haas. <laughs> <laughs> so it's only really Renault and McLaren who are I mean, anywhere they've been near consistent, the top Consistently up, up there, haven't they? Yeah, as you say, everyone else has had sort of their time to shine, but then they faded back out of the points again. Whereas they, they've always been there and thereabouts, as far as I can remember. But a shame for Norris. He's been he had a good race, but then they I don't know what they were playing. I mean, again, we're recording this pretty soon after the race, so we haven't had this time to properly dissect stuff. But it did seem odd that they put him on a two stopper, and yeah. he came in again and just dropped down the field. Where did he come in the end? Was he did he see even score points? I'm not sure he did. I'm going to say twelfth. You don't know that, don't make that. I'll have it. a look. No, it's fine. It's twelfth. No, let me look. We need some facts in here. Eleventh. Oh, Ooh, far off. It's not bad, was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still no points. But yeah, and and he was driving well enough this weekend that I think he deserved points, mm. and the car deserved points. Where was Sainz? He got points. He was eighth. He was sixth, actually. <laughs> as I said. Okay, earlier. so science, science was <laughs> science was sixth. Of course, because Vettel went uh, went backwards, didn't he? So yeah, science was there to capitalise on Vettel balls and it all up, and I thought he'd be pretty pleased with that. But I I, I thought Norris had the had the rub of it this weekend. So it's yeah. Look, Norris is a future star. He's great, isn't he? He's Considering he is less media. than half of our age. How old is Hang he? On. He's nineteen. Aww. Oh, you didn't mean our combined age? No, because no. our combined age would mean he's about thirty-nine. Well, he's definitely <laughs> less than our combined age. But <laughs> he's he's totally uh, past it. Yeah, he's very young. But he's Lewis seen- Hamilton is less than our combined age. <laughs> He is. And if you had all four of us together, Nicky yeah. Lauda was less than <laughs> our... God rest his soul. Can't buy that. Um, but no, Nor- Norris, I think, is driving extremely well and with quite a lot of maturity considering his age. He's, uh, he's And yet his social media well. is not mature he's and we love him for it. He's like, great. What's like his social media like? He's the meme lord. He's just funny. No. He's genuinely funny. Yeah. Do you remember a few years ago there was a thing where Formula One drivers were all stuck behind press releases and PR and like they'd never have any personality? And then slowly they've allowed Twitter to get in and Instagram yeah. and that. Which and now we've got a bona fide young driver who is actually funny well, with a personality. We've got a few of them now, actually, because when you think about it, you've got, you've got. It used to be that, as you say, every every F1 driver was almost interchangeable. You could read out a load of quotes of them and you could say, well, it could be any of them. Whereas now you've got, at one end of the spectrum, you've got Raikkonen, who's Amazing. sort of hilariously <laughs> droll. And then you've got. Lando with his uh, with his meme lord status. Uh, Russell's quite fun. Ricardo's hilarious. Verstappen and Ricardo were quite fun when they were together. I mean, some of the very... some of the others maybe need to. I couldn't tell you a single thing about Giovinazzi. Has he done anything outside Cracky, of the cash? Uh, Silverstone. But is he likely to jump on Twitter and make a meme out of it? I don't think so. No. Or write a book of haikus? No. Yep. Racing point. Perez got a buggered wing thanks to a biff with Hulkenberg and Stroll. Well, he turned up and he did his sponsor duties. I mean, Stroll once again didn't get out of Q1. Lesson. How many is that? We haven't talked now? about qualifying 40, at all, have we? It was. He has never got out of Q1 ever, yeah. ever, ever, ever. Never Since will. Since the very first Silverstone race, of course, in 1950. Mm. Never did it. Never will. I'm a bit behind the times on the. Um, the official F1 off what's it called off the grid behind the grid what's it called you know, on the grid the, that's the one gritty grid baby um, gritty grid and so grid. I've been catching <laughs> the, the, the grid mm. swamp thing uh, I've been behind the times on that so I've been catching up on them I was listening to one last week with Otmar Schaffnauer who is the one of the bosses at Good name. Racing Point and he made the point he was like the Racing Point that you know they did a lot with hardly anything last time and he's desperately keen to make sure that now they've got a big cash investment they don't just fritter it away and don't spend it wisely and end up fucking it all up and he said this before the start of the season and that's exactly what they've done they've got all this big investment from big daddy stroll and they've gone shit yep whereas when they were absolutely on the breadline and lean and hungry they were smashing it out of the park maybe stroll is the problem are you, are you suggesting we need to do something about it? Yeah. You have that kind of look in your eyes that yeah. suggested he needs to be removed. Yeah, we'll get rich energy on the case. <laughs> hey! Oh, oh my God! <laughs> so, after an entertaining, for all the wrong reasons, week, Hayes needed a quiet race with no <laughs> drama. So, clobbering on the first corner leading to rich energy mocking tweets probably wasn't ideal, was it? It's amazing when you can clash with your teammate on the first corner putting both carts out the cars out the race and then your title sponsor starts taking the piss out of you <laughs> I mean let's not also forget that Grosjean managed to crash K 
coming out of the pits <laughs> of practice <laughs> in a way that what a weekend even watching was it first practice it was, was it literally practice. his first time on track and he didn't even out. make it out of the pit lane and it was a crash where you go that doesn't make any you watch the replay and go I don't know how he did that <laughs> is that a glitch and then because he was he managed to turn around in the pit lane so he then drove the wrong way up the pit lane which is very dangerous yeah, you're not allowed to do that and um they are just a car crash, aren't they? I mean, well, they quite literally. literally a pit lane debacle. I don't know what's going on. They are terrible. Like a bunch of fucking wankers is what they look like. <laughs> to quote Gunter Steiner. <laughs> T-shirts available. I mean, Rich Energy's got a point, isn't he? He's just like... <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's, he's a twat, but he's, he's right with his milk float tweet. Can you imagine? I mean, forget the Rich Energy saga, etc. But can you imagine running a business or having the money to sponsor a team and then they're having a year like Haas have had and you just go this has cost a lot of fucking money mm. you know it's like when you get a prep and you buy a sandwich and a coffee it ends up costing like a tenner and you sit down and you eat it and you go that's a disappointing sandwich that's how it feels Alfa Romeo Giovinazzi span out and caused the safety car that gifted the win to Lewis Hamilton luckily there was a portaloo next to the gravel traps so he could check if he'd shot himself I don't know what Raikkonen did this week and Giovinazzi decided the race for Lewis Hamilton. Well done. Yeah. Toro Rosso. Albon did well. Kvyat did all right, but they just made up the numbers between the front of the grid and Williams. I actually thought Albon would... I actually thought Albon had a pretty good... Uh, Dr. Albon. Can we call him Dr. Albon? He had a uh, he had a really no, good race. Damon Albon? Yeah, I'll do. I thought he did really well uh, this weekend. Um maybe the race didn't quite go according to to plan but he got into Q3 he looked pretty pretty on it all weekend I think he got the better of Kvyat didn't he where did he finish I don't know yeah he did the better of Kvyat Kvyat was alright but not great came 12th <laughs> I'm guessing you I don't know, know we're, we're recording this on a Sunday afternoon we don't care yeah we've been drinking <laughs> can you tell thanks again for buying all the, all the drinks <laughs> Williams. we've had a few weeks where we've not all been here so we're catching up on all the drinks because it turns out our producer is very a stickler for we have to get through all of the drinks you buy even if we don't want to <laughs> none, don't of drink more. <laughs> none of us are allowed to leave until we've had more I don't booze I'm driving home <laughs> Williams so Frank Williams was taken around the track by Lewis Hamilton in a Mercedes car it was pretty emotional until they lapped Kibitza <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't come last and that is because the two cars behind them were either in pieces or the driver had to add 24 hours to his finishing time should we, should we talk about the, the Frank Williams film because that was quite emotional yes it was good I, 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 conf- I watched it on the train on the way up here and I didn't, see the, oh, I didn't see the end because we went through a tunnel and I lost my 4G but um, it, it was good and I thought, spoiler alert he ends up in a wheelchair <laughs> oh <laughs> Um, but one thing that was quite interesting was before they set off, they had the sort of the GoPro looking at them when Hamilton gets in the car and says, hey, mate, how are you? Good to see you, you know. And then Claire Williams leans in and goes to Hamilton's like, do you want to drive for us next year? You must be bored of winning. Yeah, and he does that thing of going, uh, I'm not even going to dignify that with an answer. Hamilton's you know. come out quite well this week, I think, in terms of social media stuff. Between that and the video of him doing Dance Dance Revolution with his nephew, and there was a great interview with someone on something that he was good at. Okay, good. more insight. Sold. <laughs> Some guy who was another sportsman who was talking about like race and stuff. He was a cricketer, I think, and it was a really good interview. Okay, maybe a might have been a rower. Some posh sport wasn't paying attention. <laughs> but anyway, Williams. Um, I mean, they were still crap. Mm. But you know, well done, Frank Williams. All of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders. Okay, so the driver standings, it's time for a tradition. Who wants our tradition? Are you singing? No, oh. the better tradition, British Grand Prix means it's Cockney Rhyming Slang. Hey! So last year I did the teams in Cockney Rhyming Slang, and for those of you who aren't aware of what Cockney Rhyming Slang is, it's not just something that rhymes with the name you're doing, it's something that rhymes with something that goes with the name you're doing. So you say something along the lines of, I'm going to go for Richard, which means a poo, which is Richard III going to have a turd. You see, you don't say I'm going to go for Richard III, which rhymes with turd. You say I'm going to go for Richard. And the whole point is Londoners are very good at piecing together things because <laughs> life is terrible. So at the start of the championship is dot, dot, dash, dot, dot, dash. 
Morse code. Horse. Road. Inspector Morse's sidekick, <laughs> Lewis. Hamilton. <laughs> okay. In yeah. hindsight, not actually arrived, just the word. I think okay. you contradicted your own rules, but yeah, okay. Second place in the championship is climate change. Climate change. Fiddlin will soon be as hot as Spain. Botas. Botas Spain. Botas hotas. Botas. Oh, almighty. Third place. Do you shave? No, I wax. Max Verstappen. You wax Max Verstappen? No, no, I wax. Full stop. Max Verstappen. Do you want a cup of tea? I'm alright with beer, actually, but... Put the kettle on. It's fettled on. <laughs> Leaving the house at eight. Early start. Going to work. Charlie Clark. <laughs> Is that cheddar? No, it's Grue. <laughs> What? <laughs> Pierre Gasly. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense to me. I feel now. like you set out your rules and then ignored them. <laughs> Unexpected item in the bagging area. <laughs> Carlos Sainsbury's. Yeah, you've done that one. I'm pretty sure you did that last oh, year. Fine, whatever. <laughs> you seem keen. You're setting your sights on them. Give me right gun then. <laughs> Gee, oh, no. that's really I'm, bad. I'm, I'm offended now. What a unit. What? <laughs> no, no, that's the t- autocorrect. What a cunt. <laughs> what a cunt. Jeremy Hunt. He's not PM, it's Boris. Lando Norris. <laughs> God. God. Is that a we're halfway through? <laughs> Is that a larder? Look at that shit car go. Daniel Ricardo. Here is a good one coming up. That kestrel looks moody. It's a sulking bird. <laughs> oh Jesus! Sneaker Hulkenberg. You're Does not going to be allowed to live in London one. anymore. Does that? That was a good one. Thank you. Does that no, bread I... have yeast? No, it's unleavened. Kevin Magnuson. Kevin. Kevin. I'm just sad now. This is awful. <laughs> Did you take the Channel Tunnel? No, I took the ferries. Sergio Perez. In the hive. Where are the bees at? <laughs> it's Daniel Kvyat. <laughs> We're nearly there. Are you Australian? <laughs> I'm from Melbourne. Alexander Elburn. Is your mate all right? Oh, he's in the K-hole. It's Lance Stroll. He's in the K-hole? What does yeah. that mean? Ketamine. <laughs> Monty Don. The garden looks dry. Put a hose on. It's Roman Grosjean. Is your dog hungry? Give him a bonio. It's Antonio Giovinazzi. 20th. I mean, at this point, I think I'm going to unsubscribe from the podcast that I present. <laughs> well, you'll be looking forward to the teams. <laughs> Can't wait. Jesus. Which, I, after I spent a lot of effort on the Cockney rhyming slang, I had no time left for the teams. <laughs> and because it's a super Sunday of sport, I thought, what sports would the teams like? I'm on board so far. Mercedes would like snooker. It's boring. Ferrari would like greyhound racing because they're weird. <laughs> Red Bull would like stupid shit with their name on. McLaren would like bullfighting because of Carlos Sainz. Renault would just be eating horses. Weird. Alfa Romeo, bunga bunga. Racing Point, Polo. Toro Rosso, five aside. You've got to have a hobby. Haas would have you been framed on. And Williams, mallet's mallet. <laughs> So now let's test this format to destruction. Uh, So we're going to play a homecoming edition of The Fact Off. Uh, The rules are, as usual, three rounds. One fact about Britain in each round. I decide which one is best. But because you are both British citizens, as far as I know, the facts can also be about you. Terry, you won last week, so you can start. Do you remember the programme Good Morning with Anna Nick? And the presenter was Anne Diamond and Nick Owen. Yes. I owe Nick Owen's parents a tenner. Why do you owe them a tenner? I, the last flat I rented in Cheltenham where I grew up was quite a posh flat that 
wasn't designed for five people, but five of us ruined it. And we lived above Nick Owen's parents, and they came up once and asked if we would um, pitch in for a cleaner for the communal hallway. And we said yes, and then we got evicted. So I never gave her the tenner. And Phil? I once physically assaulted Marty Pello from Wet Wet Wet. You win. That is entirely accidentally. How can you accidentally assault someone? I was uh, going into King's Cross about, oh, now I think about it, about 20 years ago, which is a bit depressing. Um, I was walking into King's Cross Station, came around the corner, bumped into a bloke quite hard, and went, oh, I'm really sorry, mate, are you all right? And it was Marty Pello from Wet Wet Wet. So when we say assault... I'd say that counts. I don't know, I would say that's bump into. Because that is not (coughs) assault... I'm going to give that to you, Terry. Oh, yes. I don't think that's a particularly good fact. I owe a beloved daytime TV presenter's parents a tenner. I yeah, could have but smited him to the ground. If you just said, oh, I bumped into, then I think I well, would... Well, I mean, if we're doing it, I mean, I've bumped into a lot of celebrities. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Next fact. Go on, then. Phil. I once performed to a sold-out Royal Albert Hall. What did you play? I played the viola with the National Children's Orchestra at the school's prom in 1994. Doesn't count, he was a child. Sorry. In terms of fact, that's, there's a rule. I was going to say, that's your reaction to every legal case. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Terry? Kevin McLeod from Grand Designs once played my dad. You once played your dad? In a Radio 4 comedy. So, my dad left me when I was a kid. I don't really know my dad. And I wrote a thing that was saying who would my favorite who would I like to have as my dad if I had a choice and I said Kevin McLeod so I wrote this whole thing based on the fact that Kevin McLeod would be a really good dad to me and didn't expect him to do it obviously because why would you and then the head of radio for all the time was like I went to university with Kevin McLeod I'll ask him so he asked him and got Kevin McLeod to agree to be in it so he was in it playing my dad and then the rub is I told my mum about this and she obviously hadn't quite grasped what the thing was about because she rang my dad to say, Terry sings on the radio tonight, you should probably listen. To which my dad, my estranged dad, who I don't speak to, heard me go, my dad's a terrible person, it's Kevin McLean, <laughs> who I'd rather be my dad. Wow. Beat that. <laughs> I mean, that is quite good. Yeah, but you played a sold out Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, well, I mean... Which is know. better. Sorry. Whoa, so, one wow. all. I mean, even I'm I think, sorry, even I'm I sorry. think that was cold. I'm so, no, Whoa. I'm sorry. If I'm that, touched if by your that, story. Shush, if that was to a Royal Albert Hall, I'd say... It was a, It was on the BBC, Chica. It went out States. on Radio 4 at like 8 o'clock to like 12 people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 8 o'clock as well. Phil, next. We've had too much, Terry. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you're biased in any way. I was once 12th in the British Inline Skating Championships. That, that is a fact. That is a genuine fact. I was on a record. Which record? It was called... It was a Christmas it, thing. It the Sounds of Christmas. No, it wasn't <laughs> Sounds of Christmas, which I got cut from, by the way. No, I was on a record years before. It was just me reading a story. Um, it was Helen Arnie did it, and it was called... It's a lovely Christmas darling or something. And it got played on Six Music. So I have been lead quote vocals on a record played on Six Music. It's good. That's pretty good. 12th in, what was it? British Inline Skating Championship. <laughs> Not, what's inline skating? Probably. <laughs> I mean, oh, Tika, so come ice on. ice skating? No, no, like wheels. No. Yeah, yeah, wheels. Not ice. Easy. Doing flips and stuff. Did you flips? I mean, I could. (laughs) A long time ago. Well, I'm going to give Phil this just because, just because it's something I really didn't know about you, and I did not expect you to ever be a skating super cool guy. Champion. No, I wasn't champion. I was twelfth. Twelfth. And now it's time for the state of F1 with a bitter Terry Saunders. (laughs) Fuck the lot of you. The state of F1, or rather this week, the state of fucking Silverstone and the wankers at the BRDC. 
the Belen's ruining drivers with contracts. Or rather, rather, that was the opening line of my 2017 Silverstone State of F1, which was about contract negotiations and the general British Grand Prix fuckwittery that I'll be reprising now because we're recording this on a Sunday and I've been very busy. <laughs> right, f let's not firstly forget that Silverstone's main thing going for it is that it's old. It's like saying that we should probably replace Stormzy with old cliff records on a loop. <laughs> that was a line from 2017 when I was funnier and less bitter. <laughs> Silverstone is flat, muddy, has bad parking, and is called Silverstone. It's stupid. Donington imploded, and since it last ho hosted a race, Brands Hatch has now shrunk to be about 30 centimetres square and is no longer suitable for Formula One. Therefore, Silverstone should be onto a winner. History and ubiquity mean there isn't really another choice for Formula One, and we need a British Grand Prix, as basically all the teams live there, and so does Murray Walker. But Bernie is gone, and Liberty are in charge. So Silverstone bailed on their initial Bernie commitment and squeezed Liberty for all they had. But by all accounts, this deal was signed off months ago, but Silverstone wanted to wait until this weekend to announce to get all the headlines. All the headlines? Really? On this weekend of Tory leadership and Cricket World Cup and Wimbledon? No one cares for a news story that it, that place that hosts the British Grand Prix, is going to still host the British Grand Prix. It seems that part of their beef with Liberty is they're jealous of a potential London Grand Prix, as we mentioned earlier, which, by the way, won't happen because these big city Grand Prix never happen and they've demanded sweetness in their contract to make sure they don't play second fiddle but don't worry I have a solution Silverstone is very needy and we need to find a way to make sure they feel like a special little boy even if mummy and daddy are having a little brother or sister that would be better and less likely to shit on the carpet but we'll make you feel okay by adding these contractual obligations for the new London Grand Prix one, it will have to take place in Silvertown which is near Woolwich and sounds a bit like Silverstone <laughs> two Everyone would have to be grumpy like Londoners. The whole commentary and all the teams and everything. Three, commentators will have to use my patented rhyming slang. <laughs> Four, no one is allowed to speak to each other. That would be a great Grand Prix. You're on the grid walk. Everyone just kind of barged past each other and went, no, fuck off, don't speak to me, mate, you weirdo. Five, on lap four, there's to be a real pea super and the race will be stopped. <laughs> and six, Mercedes are contractually obliged to do a blitz. But this could backfire as we do tend to club together when that happens. <laughs> Ding. That's it. That's definitely going to solve the dwindling audience numbers. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, if you've enjoyed this rant, then tell us through the medium of beer. You can go to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. That is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We have not had time, well, we did have time, but we skipped over it, to talk about refueling, which John Tott, the, the head of the FIA, former ex-Ferrari Supremo, wants to bring back because he reckons that if you refuel the cars, it means they'll be lighter at the start and therefore smaller and therefore more exciting. It was and shit before, it'll be shit again. But pit lane fires are exciting. Yeah. And to Terry Saunders. We have had time to talk about the Extreme E, which is some kind of weird SUV thing that's powered by a Formula E engine body thing that they've released. And we haven't had time to talk about it because... You've looks, done your research, though. It looks horrible. We'll be back in two weeks to discuss the German Grand Prix. But in the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake. Make sure you follow us on Twitter <coughs> at for F1's sake. You can buy stuff, Terry. I can. Where can you buy it? I mean, I tend to go to, <laughs> I think Amazon. I mean, I, yeah, I hate Prime, myself. Amazon Prime Day, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, I hate myself Ooh. for using Amazon yeah, quite a lot, yeah. but I do because they've got a lot. There's going to be some great flat. deals on Echoes yeah. and stuff. However, mm -hmm. if you want to buy branded garments. I'm pretty sure the Red Bull store <laughs> sell Red Bull shirts. And we sell t-shirts at ff1s.com forward slash And a whole shop, lot shop. of other stuff And as well. we also sell shares in Rich Energy, <laughs> which are going cheap. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you in a fortnight. I'm Angie Grez. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.